0: to the Memorabilia Podcast. I'm Rick and I am here with my wife who is sat beside me on her lovely blue Chesterfield sofa. Waiting for the
1: torture
0: to begin. Waiting for the torture to begin, why, what's going to happen?
1: <coughs> You'll be more excited about this
0: than me. The podcast in general, <laughs> or? Well, yeah, life. <laughs> life, yeah, true enough. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, if you've not listened to us before, and we are uh, covering today an album from 1990. We take it in turns to select uh, an LP, a vinyl LP, from each other's collection, and this time Kate selected Harry Connick Jr.'s 1990 album, We Are In Love. And uh, so we'll be talking about the album, we're talking about Harry, We'll be talking about what was going on in 1990. The album was released in early July 1990. So we'll be looking at um, the TV, the movies, the charts around that time. And we'll also be covering Kate's favourite
1: section. I was out of the country again. (laughs)
0: Enjoy. (laughs) I'm beginning to wonder whether you're ever here. Uh, Yeah, Kate's favourite section makes a return this week. We'll be doing the next five songs on the Rolling Stones' top... 500 songs of all time And we're covering, I think it's 20 to 16 today, so we're getting close So I was thinking There ain't gonna be any that we haven't heard of this time, but yes, I was wrong (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, without further ado, let's get on with it So it is Sunday afternoon uh, 6th of February we were going to record this last night, but you weren't too clever yesterday. Migraine day. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we are. Thank you very much for tuning in. We do really appreciate it. If you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook, like us on the Twitter. Send me an email. Maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> Social media guru, you. I think it's a like on Twitter, isn't it? And a follow on Facebook. Or maybe, no, it's the other way around. It's way around. Maybe I said that the wrong way around the first time. <laughs> As you can see, this episode's going to go well, uh, and uh, we're going to start with the 500 greatest songs of all time. No, we're
1: not. No, no, we're not. We're going to start with five.
0: Five. <laughs> yeah. I meant this section. So this is on the back of the Rolling Stone magazine, releasing the newly updated version of their list in September of last year. Uh, so we decided to cover the top 55 at a time. <clears throat> and we're down to number twenty, and uh, number twenty is the song that I had never heard of, listened to, and got to be honest, wouldn't we that bothered about it ever hearing again? It is, uh, I can't remember what it's called, on my own or something. Dancing on my own by Robin, with a Y. I quite
1: like it. I know you do. I mean, I've only just heard it for the first time right now. But... <laughs>
0: For you to well, like it, I'm li- listening on your probably
1: gonna listen to it again. Your, I was like, oh, I like
0: that. On your phone as well with a really, just really bad awful speakers. <laughs> uh, so Very she's described as Swedish disco queen Robin. Yeah. So I don't <clears throat> know whether there was a Robin S back in the nineties that was uh, released some good stuff. I'm presuming it's not the same one. Looking at the video, she looked a bit young to me. Releasing <laughs> stuff in 1990, but anyway, I just thought it was kind of standard for nothing better than an average song to be honest i didn't think i was sat there listening to the 20th best song of all time let's put it that way uh, all right
1: it's a pop song but yeah i know, it's I, know. Got I, I like a pop bit songs. of like grit in it and a bit of feeling
0: but is it any better than say i don't know let's pluck one out of the air one of gwen stefani's releases or something by taylor swift or
1: not I. God, just, you love Taylor Swift to a minute. <laughs> Taylor Swift's the new gold standard for Rick.
0: For pop at the moment? <laughs> yeah. Ring her up and see if she wants to come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. In your dreams. That'd be mm. quite cool, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not such a fan as you, so, you know. I'm
0: not, I won't say I'm a huge fan, but... Oh, come on, I know about four of her bloody songs. That's not classing me as a huge fan, is it? You keep listening
1: to them, though.
0: <laughs> that was a shrug of the shoulders from me. Uh,
1: as he tries to minimise his love for Taylor.
0: I wouldn't describe it as love. I had love for Harry, who we're going to cover in a bit. I won't say I've got love for Taylor yet. Well,
1: not yet, but it's a possibility. It's could a bit grow. It's building.
0: It could grow. It depends how she develops, if she keeps developing at the same rate. Of course. Let's see. So anyway, it's uh it's a no from me for Robin Soil Love.
1: It's going on the jukebox. Is it? Yeah. You better explain why. Because I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we need we need to bump up our we're we're basically Kate uh, if you missed it via our social media. Kate turned fifty, she's old now. Uh hold on. two weeks you ago.
1: Make the most of that like. Four weeks
0: that you've got left in your forties. Yeah, I'm I'm heading towards middle age, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have a jukebox, a CD jukebox that holds 100 CDs, and we're we're having a party uh, on the 12th of March. Feel free to come along oh, 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 at, at home. Oh. And um, <clears throat> we're doing a. Each CD is going to have a year on it, and we're covered up till I think we're about up to about two thousand. Something like 2006 that. Oh, it's in 2006. Oh, is it 2006? Cool.
1: But so we'll be adding, I'm going to add some more CDs into those older ones yeah. as well. But we need to do from 2006 to this year.
0: Yeah, so Robin would obviously fall into that because that song was released, I probably didn't mention, in 2010. So, um, all right, fair enough. You can add that on and play at the party,
1: see what the consensus <laughs> is. Like, who made you king of the jukebox? It just went, all oh, right, you can add that on like it was up to you.
0: Well, clearly it is. It's my party. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay.
0: Okay, moving swiftly on. Number not nineteen. Her again. <clears throat> well, who knows? She hasn't <laughs> appeared on our chart, I don't think so far. Could she feature in the top fifteen? I've not had look to see who it is, by the way. But the next song, number 19, uh, Imagine by John Lennon from 1971, I actually thought this might be in the top five. So, but uh, anyway, very good song. I think that's probably doing it an injustice, a very good song. (laughs) You being a fan of Beatles and all that, what do you think of this?
1: I mean, it's fine. It's overplayed, isn't it? It was for a while, but you're not here so much these days, do you? Yeah, I know, but we were there when it was overplayed, so to me it's overplayed, and it's just kind of... I don't think it's a bad song, but it's its wallpaper now because it's so overplayed. But it was overplayed
0: <clears throat> at the time he died, wasn't it? I mean, obviously it was released 71, and then again it hit number one, I'm pretty sure, in 1980 when he was assassinated. So you'd have been you eight say years that, old.
1: But then it's basically every time there's like a war flurry that gets played... So, I think, from that perspective, it's... Okay. Well, I got a quote from uh, our
0: good friend Yoko here, which essentially says that it's not like he thought, oh, this could be an anthem, because she talks just like that. I was
1: going to say, with a slight Sheffield accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine was just what John believed, that we are all one country, one world, one people. He wanted to get that idea out. Uh, and in one of his last interviews, he, he he said that Imagine was as good as anything he'd written. With the Beatles, which is a bold statement, but I wouldn't disagree with that. So, yeah, that one gets a thumbs up. Uh, number 18. Uh, I'm a bit... about this one, because it is Prince and the Revolution with Purple Rain from 1984. Not a huge Prince fan. I think we've talked about this before. Mm. Uh and it's all right. But
1: I'd stay on the dance floor if it came on. I wouldn't get up to dance to it. That's the level of Purple Rain for me.
0: I think it's a bit slow to <laughs> keep me on the dance floor. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. No, I will not dance to this. It's a, like, it's a bloody slow one, isn't it? Thanks, love. Well, I know what you're <laughs> like, so there's no point hanging around, is there? If I asked you to slow dance to this, you'd run a mile. Anyway, <coughs> let's move on to uh, another song that I thought would be in the top five. In, th- in fact, I thought this might be number one. And at number 17, it's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen from 1975, written by Freddie Mercury in Rockfield Studios in Wales. If you've seen the, you haven't seen it, have you? The biopic. No,
1: um, yeah, it's a film. I don't watch films.
0: Yeah. I wasn't sure whether I'd enjoy it, to be honest. I don't know why, because I like Queen. And I like biopics, when they're done well. And it's really good. The guy that plays Freddie, superb. Um, So, yeah, but what are your memories of this? What do you remember first hearing it? I remember first hearing it and thinking, what the bloody hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) Because I think it was before I was into Queen.
1: The very few records and tapes that we had. Yeah. One of them was I don't I don't know if it was the best of Queen or right Queen's greatest hits <clears throat> yeah yeah um and we have a tape of it and this was on it yeah so it's a
0: but did you think it was different you know when you heard it we we were sat there thinking you know what wow it it,
1: it was the because it, it was at the time when I started to listen to all my parents' music yeah. So I was listening to Sergeant Pepper, my favourite song of Sergeant Pepper is that one that we were talking about the other week. The that's, Life. Yeah, yeah. Which is kinda similar. Yeah. It's just b- like loads of different songs smooshed together. Yeah. <laughs> and it changes, but then it works as a whole. Yeah. And so I listened to this like on repeat as well. Well, I say on repeat, obviously I just keep rewinding it and do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, on tape. I mean, didn't
1: you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have you had to work for your music in them days. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, it was. I really liked it just because it was so unusual.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It is an amazing piece of songwriting. It's got a bit of everything in it. You know, it's got a, ro- a bit of rock, a bit of opera, the drama in it. His vocals are superb. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's just a great song. It's just a great song. Uh, Sixteen is. Crazy in Love by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z uh, and it's got writing credits for both of those because I think Jay-Z's real name is Sean Carter Pass me! didn't bother looking that up uh, Beyonce Knowles Eugene Record cool name for a writer and Rich Harrison so they obviously had a bit of a writing team putting that together it's a good song um, again <laughs> it's not better than Bohemian Raps is <laughs> it? Different, different song. But yeah, a good song. Um, And I think the thing for me is, it's got a... a... What do they call it? Uh, When they take a song from somewhere else. God, my brain's addled.
1: Sample. A sample,
0: thank you very much. (laughs) From the 70s Soul Sisters, the Chilites, uh, Are You My Woman. You know, and I, I admire people that can take and pick out bits from other songs and build it into one of their own, but... I admire people more that can just do the whole original, you know, so... But, yeah, I would stay on the dance floor. I'd get up to dance to this, probably, if I'd had a few drinks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know at the start of the night, but I'm not much of a mover, so... What about you? What do you think to this?
1: Uh, I think it's a a good uh, pop song. I like... It's got a really good beat, but it was like... I'm not that fussed about Beyonce. And everyone was like, at the time, everyone yeah. was like, oh, Beyonce. And it was 2003, which was the year we got married and the year I got pregnant. So uh, most of it I spent, like, just puking at me really ill. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it wasn't a great time for me. And it kind of all got mixed up in that. And I watched a lot of MTV. Did you? And obviously, <laughs> it was like... There wasn't that many music channels at that point in time. Um... And it was on all the time, and I was just like, so basic, it just reminds me of feeling a bit ropey.
0: <laughs> it felt like back then, though, obviously it was VH1 and MTV, that the the music channels that were on were like watchable, and now you, you think, oh, right, like, there's, there's nothing on, just 10 minutes while I just do you this. You say whatever. that,
1: but that's because you never watched them. I can promise you that that song was on like at least once an hour. <laughs> It was no, but I'm just, just comparing
0: it to if you look dyer. now on the music channels. I mean, there's like you said, there's about 15, maybe even 20 of them, in it, and they're just—it's just dross, isn't it? It's just 80s ballads channel, and this, yeah, it's just. I would have
1: thought you'd like that.
0: <laughs> Probably don't exist. Maybe need to start it. <laughs> Christmas hits, blah blah blah. Oh God, well, I'm all with of Christmas hits.
1: <laughs> it's
0: not Christmas though, is it?
1: I like country songs. <laughs>
0: Oh, right, I'll tell you what, I'll finish this <laughs> podcast. You go and stick music channels on the teller. Right, so that's it. They're the next five. Uh, three thumbs up, one thumbs at side, and uh, one thumbs down. <laughs> so come on, Rolling Stones. Can you do better for final 15? I doubt it. Do you think we're still going to find one that we've never heard? That is the question. Yeah, definitely. You do? Oh, we can't. You can't have 15 greatest songs of all time.
1: Why? You've got a really narrow, no. like genre knowledge. I don't think so. I
0: think you have. I think I do. Right one on Popmaster, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Anyway, on to Harry. Actually, before we start on Harry, bit of news about the podcast. Uh, we are having a bit of a break after this episode because uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get ready for the party mainly the jukebox but we've just been trying to sort out food and we need to get invites out and just other stuff that needs sorting so the party is the 12th of march so it's going to be probably four to six weeks a a mid a mid-season break hiatus yes a little hiatus in the meantime um but yeah stick with us we will be back we promise Harry, Harry Connick Jr. Now, normally, the other thing is that, uh, as Kate's picked this, she would normally do the research, um, but you've been a bit mentally challenged, drained, busy, physically challenged, drained. So I've, d- I've done the, the, the research on this one, which was quite nice, researching one of the albums that I, I like. Um, how many times have you managed to listen to it?
1: Twice.
0: Twice, okay. And that was you,
1: only because I was so pleased about the uh, record player being fixed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, had you heard it before? You'd heard songs from it before, just, but...
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. Right, okay. All right, well, I, I want to start with Harry himself, really. Um, I mean, this guy, what a talent. I mean, he, he's incredible, really. Look at his history, of what he's done in his life. Absolutely amazing.
1: I know, he's a right (laughs) overachiever. He is, he absolutely is. (laughs) I was like, well, now I feel inadequate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) not listening to him anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, obviously a musician, songwriter, composer, actor, good-looking guy, (laughs) family guy, clean slate. Do you know what I mean? He's just... He's like Mr. Perfect, isn't he? I even tried to look for some dirt on him.
1: <laughs> You're so weird.
0: <laughs> I know. And so there's got to be something. You, In show business, like, he's 54 years old now. Uh, he's been married to his wife since... uh can't remember when it was. A long time. Since there's they got, got married? No, there's got to be something. Since they got married, yeah. <laughs> but no, the only thing I could find was he got re- arrested for uh, carrying a gun, an unloaded gun onto uh, an air... An aeroplane, at, or just before he got on the aeroplane, at, at JFK. And, uh, but he didn't end up with a, a record.
1: Why? Why did he have an unloaded gun on him?
0: I'm not sure. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why. But anyway, basically they let him off. If he did an advert, um, he had to do like a, a TV advert. What's the word? Persuading? That's not the right word. Encouraging people not to break the gun laws, and to keep his nose clean for six months after that, and he's managed to do it for next thirty years or whatever. So, yeah, that was oh, your, that was the only blip.
1: Haven't been caught.
0: Yeah, let's let's imagine he's really a nasty piece of work. He just puts this facade on all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah he's uh he's sold 28 million albums worldwide and he's in the top 60 best selling male artists in america uh which is pretty pretty impressive he was born joseph harry fowler Connick jr what a mouthful on september 11th 1967 in um new orleans louisiana as i said he's 54 and uh i don't know where else to start i mean He's obviously hard working he performed and sang on stage as a five year old when he st- he started learning keyboards when he were three, which is a bit crazy in itself, so I kind of looked at his parents as well because I was like thinking well, there must be some sort of, you know you you must have some sort of pushy parent there syndrome if you're kinda on the keyboards at three and on stage at five um but his mum was a lawyer and a judge in New Orleans, and his dad was the district at- attorney in uh, the Orleans Parish between ninety three and 2003. Um, he did have tragedy in his life. His mum died when he was only 13 years old from ovarian cancer. and he, he, I saw an interview where he was saying that she did want to be the mother of a kind of a, a Beethoven. That was her thing. But he was very close to his mum, and obviously. Losing your mum at 13 has got to be very very difficult um his dad as uh his, his dad's still alive i think his dad's 95 now uh and his time as the as a di- district attorney that was not without controversy um accusations of racketeering death row incumbents prosecuted under his reign later subsequently being acquitted and successfully suing the the county all kinds of stuff like that um and the only other insight into why he might have been so into his music was his parents, as well as being lawyers and studying for law. They also owned two record shops in New Orleans, so that's where his kind of love of music grew. Uh, and his dad sang in clubs as well. So his dad, he probably got his work I think from his parents as well. You know, two, uh, two record stores and studying to be... Uh, Lawyers, pretty impressive. Uh, He moved to New York City, aged 18, and studied at the Manhattan School of Music, where he met a Columbia Records executive who persuaded him to sign for the the record label. And uh, I think he's released something like 34 albums. Um, First of which, when he was 10 years old, (laughs) Uh, an album called Dixieland, or Pure Dixieland Plus, sorry. And then another one, a year later, called Pure Dixieland. So these were like records that he did with a um, a Dixieland band, just all instrumentals. And then uh, his third album, released in 1987, just called Harry Connick Jr., again, another instrumental album, mainly standards. And um, And then the first album that I kind of have of his... Was an album called Twenty, which he recorded when he was twenty years old, released in nineteen ninety eight. Again, all covers, but the first time that he started singing on the on the on the record, six of the eleven tracks were with with vocals. Was that the
1: first one you bought, or did you? No, the I went.
0: Earlier? I went back. I went back and <laughs> got that. I think. I think We Are in Love was the first one that I bought. Um, and the reason I think that is because that's on vinyl, and then the first CD that I ever bought was um, the When Harry Met Sally soundtrack which was actually the year before We Are In Love so I think I probably bought We Are In Love really liked it and then thought right, what else can I get so yeah the fir- I remember going and getting my first two CDs and I finally got a CD player so it was as I said When Harry Met Sally and the Primitives debut album as well could there be any more different than those two records? <laughs> but yeah, a lot of affection for both of them, really. Uh so he won his first Grammy for uh, his sixth album, which was this one We Are In Love, um, for Best Jazz Male Vocal. Uh in fact I'm telling a lie, because he also won the same title for When Harry Met Sally, which was the year before, and he's got I think he's got three Grammys in total and a couple of Emmys. So awards as well as all the hard work and sales. Um I'm just going to go through some of the albums that he did in the 90s, because this was kind of when I was... I pretty much got everything he did up until about 99, I think.
1: I'd never heard of him till I met you.
0: I think the reason I got into him was... I don't know whether my mum were watching him on telly. Or I, I came in. I think I came in, like, one night, and he was on... One of his concerts was on either BBC Two, or it might have been Channel 4... Um, And he'd done a few. He'd done like one called Swinging Swinging Out Live or something. Uh, In fact, I might have that written down because it was um, Swinging and Singing. It was released. He released three things on the same day. So We Are In Love, a jazz trio album called Lofty's Roach, Souffle, and then this video, Singing and a Swinging. Um, I didn't have the video, but I did buy Lofty's Roach, Souffle. So I started listening to a bit of jazz after that as well and uh, then there was Blue Light, Red Light which is similar to We Are In Love from 91 92 he did 25 uh, then he did a Christmas album in 93 which I got which has got a great, great version of Rudolph, I love that uh, and then he kind of changed tack, in 94 he went all funk um, if you weren't into him then you wouldn't have known, but we went to see him at the, the Sheffield Arena
1: I read about it I read that his fans were very disappointed in
0: him. <laughs> and you could you could feel it in the in the audience. And, I then, mean, we, the, we and knew. then his
1: next um, album had really poor sales. Yeah. So we knew. I mean, I think it's a, an
0: absolutely brilliant album. There's probably two duds on it. But she, stunning. There's some absolutely stunning songs on it. And it is a total change. But it's a great album. And then, yeah, his next one was called Star Turtle a couple of years later, which was a similar sort of thing, but it just wasn't as accessible. I think he tried to go a bit too kind of far out there. Um, and then he came back in 97 with an album called To See You. And I remember reading the sleeve notes. It kind of said that his fans had been in touch with him and kind of said he'd never done a, an album that was all love songs. And Yeah.
1: Should have left it like that.
0: Yeah, but I only read it when I got home. <laughs> Uh, and that one, that one, I fantastic. I him, not you. Oh, okay. So, I um, I didn't listen as much after that. I kind of, I don't think I have bought anything of really it since, to be honest. I mean, I picked up on the odd song.
1: We but... we went to see him. Did not we? I bought tickets in probably twenty two thousand and one, two thousand and two.
0: I have absolutely no recollection of this.
1: I'm sure that I bought tickets. Maybe I bought an album. I thought I'd bought tickets for you to go and see him.
0: Mm. I thought I'd only <coughs> seen him that once um, at the Sheffield Arena. But I could be wrong. I don't think I am, though, because I remember... I because remember, I'd got the album, or I don't know that I had the album, this album that was a total change of scene. But I'd at least heard one of the songs off it. I remember him releasing a song, uh, I'd Only Whisper Your Name, which I think was on the... Uh, remember the film The Mask? We yeah. talked about it, didn't we? Yeah, with um, Jim Carrey. So it was on that. And I really liked it. And I'd read a few things that were saying it was, you know, was going to be a bit of a of thing. But there were clearly people in the audience that had gone to listen to the big band stuff. And there were people walking out. And...
1: Well, I, the only reason I remember it is because I was working at the co-op. Yeah, and I can't remember. I was I was either trying to buy the tickets or something, and then this guy that was like uh, like senior to me, or like for some reason he was really into music. And I asked me what I was doing, and when I said, he went, "How old is he? 50? (laughs) 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 uh, I nearly am. (laughs) (laughs) But then he went, and. uh, so there, I definitely bought you something Harry Connick right. related. Right. Or maybe I didn't manage to get tickets. Maybe that was what it was. But right. I definitely tried. There was a tour or something going on right. around that time.
0: Yeah. i quite like to see him again, actually. I mean, the thing with him is, I think he he's one of those artists that kind of transcends uh, generations. He can kind of appeal. You know, appeal to... Your mum. Yeah.
1: She's well happy about this week. After, <laughs> after the drivel... Of last, last times so. uh, I yeah. mean I'm starting to feel like she just don't like my music taste <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling victimised at all but I'm feeling victimised <laughs> but yeah he obviously
0: appealed to an older generation cause he, but to me he was like someone young, he was someone cool that was doing kind of old time music in a really cool way, do you know what I mean uh, I mean the the cover of this album is in kind of a, a, kind of at that time in the early '90s was those kind of double breasted sh- suits with the wide shoulders on there and a, a coloured shirt with a funky tie. Baggy '90s suits. Yeah, too big, too big for him. But I mean, at the time, that's what they all wore, didn't they? You know, it was a bit, a bit weird. So yeah, I was kind of uh, really into him for a while. Um, and. I started watching some of his, his films that he did. Um, I mean, his first, first four films, pretty impressive, really. He did Memphis Bell. Did you watch, did you see that film? That was uh, about a, um, a, a base, uh, they, well, they were stationed in uh, England air, air base, B-52s, and the war was on, and he was a, he was a gunner in this, in this movie. And I think he was at that time when he was on that film, that album that he released the same day, Lofty's Roach Souffle, it was named after there was a... Before they started filming, apparently they all went and did like a, a survival date with the... I don't know if it was the SAS or that kind of stuff, you know, and this this guy, Lofty, was like the main guy who taught them all the the survival skills. Um, and one of the other actors who he was kind of... fancied himself as a bit of a chef, apparently, this other actor that, that Harry was kind of... Uh, got Pally with, what was his name? D.B. Sweeney, I think. Um, He said, oh, yeah, I think this lofty guy could even make a road Souffle. You know, he was impressed with his outdoor cooking skills and he, he was kind of the standard. So uh, So that was where that come from and, and Harry said he wanted to, to write a, a song about the experience. Um, Little Man Tate was his next film, 91. Do you remember that? That was with jo- I've not seen it. Jodie no. Foster. I know about it. Yeah, I watched it. I mean, at the time, I'd probably enjoy it a bit more now. It was just it, it was about this kid. I think he was seven, eight years old, genius that went to college, and Harry befriended him. And well, not Harry, but Harry's character. <laughs> it was alright. Um, but that film was also um, the genesis or the name of a band from Sheffield who were in the kind of 2000s, Little Mante, do you know them?
1: No, okay. I have heard of them again,
0: but... Yeah. They were all right, I was never really kind of into them. I actually played, the guy who was a lead singer, John Wendell, he used to play for a, a team that we used to play against on, uh, when I played football in Sheffield on Sunday mornings. You weren't a bad player, actually, but cocky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose most lead singers are, aren't they? 95 uh, was his, his next movie copycat, remember that one Sigourney Weaver yep. I think he played a serial killer in that one, it's a bit of a change of scene uh, and then the big one biggest for selling film or grossing film in 1996 was Independence Day must have seen that yeah twice I think yeah. I like that, Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum <clears throat> aliens attacking the world I think he would. um some sort of pilot in that as well. Pilot, yeah. think. Uh, and then the other films, I've not, I've not really. I don't think I've seen any of other f- other films. Then there was a, a movie called Excess Baggage. Um, a, a love story. Hope floats. I think that was that Sandra Bullock. He might have been. Mm. I don't think I saw that. Then he did a voiceover for the movie The Iron Giant, which has got really good reviews. Um, so that's based on Ted Hughes' uh, novel. What was that called? The Iron Giant was it.
1: I don't
0: know. No, that's the name of this film. Maybe it was The Iron Man. I remember doing it in school, really. I don't think it was a very long book. Like I think at junior school, but I really liked it. Uh, and then in 1999, it, it was in a film with Pete Postlethwaite called Wayward Son, which... don't remember that. And, uh, I thought it was a bit weird that it was in a film with Pete Postlethwaite, who I can only ever remember from, like them gritty... English drama films like Brasdorf and stuff like that. You seen that, Brassdoff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty good film. Uh T V appearances. Um he shares a commonality with his with his wife, who we'll get onto in a minute, Jill Goodacre. So he was in Friends and uh I can't remember was he in Friends? Am I making that up? No, he was in Friends, wasn't he? I don't know. I think he was. I'm going to have to look that up now. I might be making that up. But his first TV appearance was in Cheers, and I think he performed a. I think he was a bit infatu- infatuated with uh, Rebecca, the character Rebecca, played by Kirstie Alley, and he sang a song from
1: We Are in Love. Do you remember that? Because you liked Cheers, didn't you?
0: Yeah. I remember him being on, yeah. I remember being excited about him actually being on Cheers because you used to watch it on, I think it was on Friday nights in UK, Channel 4. Yeah, so I remember watching it. Um, he was in Will and Grace. You used to watch that, didn't you?
1: Sometimes, yeah. Did you?
0: I think he was um, the husband of Grace. So he was But I thought it was a bit bizarre because he was in it between 2002, 2006. It said he was only in 25 episodes. And I thought that would have been a major part, really. If he was, like, the husband of one of the, the main actresses. Um so then he, he got a, a guest judge spot in 2009 on Australian Idol and then he did some guest judge spots uh, for American Idol 2010 to 2013 and then they took him on as a, a main judge in 2014 uh, and he did a couple of years on that with J-Lo and Keith Urban. I want a big Idol fan. Never saw any of that. And then he had his own um, his own daytime show between 2016 and 2018 just called Harry. So it was a bit of a talk show, a bit of an entertainment show. Uh, he did that for a couple of years and his most recent thing on the telly was um, the musical Annie. Um, he played Daddy Warbucks, and uh, I don't know whether he shaved all his head off hair off or whether he got one of them prosthetic things that he put over his hair but <laughs> he's got a bit of a booth on hasn't he so it'd have been a good one that to to get it over i've seen pictures of him so that was last year he did that and there was like a tv special that went out and he's also done things like performing uh, the star spangled banner singing at five major u.s sporting events including the super bowl in 92 the daytona 500 car racing not really my thing. World team is baseball, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, going back to his, his wife, Jill. Uh, she was a, a former Victoria Secrets lingerie model and swimming model. Uh, he met her in 1994. And the story goes that he was they were staying in the same hotel in LA, I think. And he was in the swimming pool and saw so I walk past. And one of the things that I read said that he uh, he recognised who she was. And another one said he didn't. But anyway, he got out and asked if, she, if he'd have lunch with her and she refused at first, but then agreed. And then apparently went home and told her mum that was the man she was going to marry that night. And they've been together ever since. They've got three daughters. Um, she had a five-year battle with cancer in 2012, but seems to be okay now, which is good. And in 1994, she starred in a, an episode of Friends the one with a blackout uh, and she appeared as herself where she got stuck in an ATM vestibule with Chandler. Uh, and I watched the clip, I'll put the um, the link to that in the, the episode notes and uh, very funny. It reminded me what how good it was friends. I mean it was good writing but I think it's the performances as much as anything else in it that they kind of make that show we've not really talked about it have we friends because we've not really been into the 90s much late 90s no for the podcast but you were a big fan weren't you back in the day mm. we both were so i do remember seeing seeing that clip uh seeing that episode once i watched the clip but i can't remember it just from reading about it um so yeah so that's uh that's harry uh What else did I want to say? Oh, yeah, he's also done uh, lots of theatre, five Broadway shows as both a performer and composer. Uh, He did a music musical in 2001 called Thou Shalt Know. And he's also done a lot of kind of humanitarian work as well, a lot for the people of New Orleans. Um, In 2005, he helped organise a concert for Hurricane Relief and this was in the work of Hurricane Katrina. Um, plus, a lot of other work for the city and kind of helping build. I think they've got some sort of musical village there. And uh, he's uh, been awarded the Jefferson Award for Public Service and the S. Roger Hocho Award for Greatest Public Service by a Private Citizen. So, yeah, an all round good egg, really. Why is that funny?
1: I'm just like thinking, oh, God.
0: (laughs) You're feeling even more inadequate? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, nice one, Addy. We're impressed
1: and overawed. I'm not (laughs) overawed. So, he did play 2000, he paid Manchester. Okay. Which should fit in. Which should fit in, but maybe I didn't manage to get tickets. Maybe I couldn't afford tickets. Maybe. Maybe you said you didn't
0: want to go. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I can't remember. Go it was
1: March them. the 12th as well. I bet I was trying to buy them for your birthday.
0: Probably, yeah. I'll go and check my diaries after and I'll <laughs> see what we're doing on March the 12th. Maybe we were even there it's just been blanked out of my head. <clears throat> right, okay, let's get into the album then. We are in love, Kurt. Oh we know. <laughs> Hopefully. So you listen to it twice. <clears throat> let's have the let's have the negatives before I start on my love fest of We Are in Love. <laughs> I saw your face when I, I said mean, have you listened to it?
1: You've already done like a massive love fest of Harry. It's like man crush extraordinaire.
0: How can you not love Harry?
1: Harry.
0: The man's the man's a genius.
1: Where's his H gone?
0: Mm, that's his only floor, He's lost his H. <laughs> you can't, um, you can't help but admire the fella, can you? Come on.
1: I didn't hate it. It's really difficult, <laughs> isn't it? Because I knew I had to listen to it this morning. I really wasn't feeling it, and I had to listen to it. And I was like, Yeah, on another day, I'd probably really be enjoying this. But today, I'm like, Oh, it's such a chore. <laughs> And then some of it was a bit more upbeat, which was great, and then it, it wasn't, and that wasn't so great.
0: <laughs> it is, it is uh, an album that kind of ebbs and flows in its... Um, I think that must have been done on purpose. It seems to have, like, a, an up-tempo song and then a more kind of down, mournful um, ballads and kind of lost love songs. So, yeah, I, I can see that. But... Um, the lesson learned here, Kate, is do your homework sooner. <laughs> Don't leave it till the last minute. Go on, I wonder Sam's like he is. I always used to get my homework done now.
1: Did you really? No. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. couldn't imagine that you no. would because you are like. No.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. No. Like every other, most other student. But
1: yeah. were you the night before or were you the morning of?
0: Most of the time, probably the night before, the weekend before.
1: Yeah, he definitely takes off to me. He's the morning off.
0: But occasionally, I remember once, I didn't even manage to do it, I remember once trying to think of some bloody Only excuse. once? Yeah. <laughs> That's when we were at college. I'd have been in college, ISO yeah.
1: continually if I went to school now.
0: <laughs> Not at school. No, I was pretty, pretty good at school. I, I hated homework. I, I remember absolutely going through a spell of absolutely hating homework at, uh, at junior school when they first kind of introduced it. Coming in and not having to do maths, oh god. But uh, but yeah, on the whole, I'm not too bad. Anyway, so uh, let's do the uh, the lovely track by track thing. So I've already mentioned it topped the jazz charts in 1990, and I was thinking, uh, why is it classed as jazz? Because most of it's big band, but there are a couple of jazz songs on there, definite jazz songs. And it was released on the the third of July in 1990, which. Um, was an interesting time, which we we'll get into when we get into the, the nineteen ninety section. But there's there's twelve tracks in total. Another one of these that's a bit unbalanced. So there's seven on side one and five on side two, and obviously that's back in the day you had to balance the, the times of the songs out to kinda of be equal on the on the vinyl, didn't you? So there's some longer songs on side two and uh shorter ones on side one really. Anyway, uh, it starts with a, a boom, I thought. <laughs> Title track to open. Great introduction. Straight in there. Harry, vocals. What an album opener. You know I. Just straight in there. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm doing quite a bit of singing on this section. This is one of them albums that I listen to a lot and brings back some good memories. I've not listened to it for a long time. And I can't remember where I bought it either. Probably like an HMV in Sheffield. No labels? No. You know me. I
1: know. Peeled it all off. Yeah. Threw it
0: away. Yeah. So I don't don't know. But yeah, great song to start with. Uh, Second track.
1: Did you not go back to your diaries? I'm sure you'd have recorded the event.
0: Well, I, I, I went back to the day it was released. I obviously found him a bit later, didn't I? So I kind of looked at the the first two weeks, and there's some funny stuff in there from from that, which we'll get into later on. But um, so no, I didn't. I want like a a Kylie when I went out and bought it as soon as it went out. <laughs> um, second track is called Because I Don't Have You," and this is a, a bit of a, a somber love song. This is a bit more jazzy. Um, but again, I like it. It's just one of them albums that I can just put on and that just... you like. <sighs> Relax and put it on my head for once and just drift into. Third track is my favourite song on the album and probably Driven Kate, mad down the years, singing this one. It used to be a song that I used to do on karaoke quite a lot called Recipe for Love. I was singing it to Charlotte the other morning. I don't, I don't think she was very impressed. <laughs> what a brilliant song that is. Peaked at number 32 in the UK singles charts.
1: How many of them did he write and tell?
0: I think that he, he wrote, on this album he mm. got writing credits on Nine uh, and he wrote four of them on his own. <clears throat> Two of them, three of them are probably, I think, the three best songs on the album. We Are In Love, Recipe For Love, and there's a song called I've Got A Great Idea. So they're all the kind of up-tempo love songs on there, but with some really good hooks and melodies on there. There's a couple of um, old standards. And then the uh, the fourth song on the um the record is called Drifting. And that was written by Mark Sherman, who I think he co produced the album with. Um, and that's kind of a it's a bit of a heartbreaking waltz this one. Beautiful velvet vocals. God Do you need
1: Strings. to be alone in a room when you listen to this? <laughs> to get your full amount of enjoyment out of it. You're supposed to be one of their women. <laughs> I think I'd be worried that I'd be
0: interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> Track five is Forever For Now. And it starts a bit weird, this one. dong, dong, dong. It's got like a weird kind of noise at the beginning. Then there's kind of a mournful trumpet. Then you've got the finger clicks and then there's... So it's a bit of a stranger start to the song. But there's a bit of a story to it. I quite like it. Usual smooth singing from Harry. Meet me, me, at the corner of 12 and spring, do up, do up. Do you like any of these songs? You're not saying much here.
1: am just slightly overwhelmed by the love in the room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Makes a change. <laughs> Can you remember me singing these songs? Yes. Yeah. I think I did recipe for love when we did our engagement party. I think that was.
1: Did you? I don't. I don't remember specifically.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. That was a that was a fun night.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Moving on. Uh, so yeah, the sixth track is. A, it, was, it was a, a traditional
1: a engagement party with arguments, fights, <laughs> and people stealing boots.
0: <laughs> In a church.
1: <laughs> church hall.
0: Church hall. Yeah. <coughs> traditional
1: yeah. northern party. My parents are all happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nightingale sang in Berkeley Square. Uh, he does standards well, does Harry? Good job, mate. Do you know this song? Yes. You, yeah, yeah. You know your standards. And then to, to finish off side one, a little two-minute ray of sunshine in the song Heavenly. It's kind of a barbershop style song. He'll always be happy, you will never be late. Mm -hmm. The man in the moon is smiling God sees in love The man in the moon is smiling (laughs) God sees in love with the girl in the world I thought you liked my singing So track 8 If you listen to it on a CD Or track 1 of Side 2 Is Just a Boy and this starts with a Sorrowful Trumpet, uh, strings. It's quite a long song, bit of a story to this one. Beautiful uh, solos in there on the piano. Yeah, good, like that one. And then we're on to another one of Harry's solo compositions. I've got a great idea. Quite simple his writing in some ways, but very good, very catchy. And- that one's just got piano, drums and vocals on it. And then another is uh, his fourth solo compilation, I'll Dream of You Again. And the start of this reminds me of something like, the blooming Star Wars soundtrack. It's kind of got that movie feel to it. And then the the string star and the vocals and we're back into the, the smoothest of chocolate, baby. God, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, track 11, the penultimate track is It's Alright With Me. Don't think
1: I'm ever going to
0: listen to this album in the same way you can. Uh, It's a Cole Porter cover, and this is uh, the jazz trio. Just drums, guitar, and piano, and him on his vocals. And then the album finishes off in a dramatic conclusion with Buried in Blue, which is uh, six and a half minutes. Kind of builds quite slowly, and then it kind of belts out. Impressive closing note. And I think this is a, a a song of lost love. I don't know whether he wrote the lyrics or not. He's got um, co-writing credits on this, but the lyrics are pretty good, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll read you something from this last song. When you left, sorry. When you left, leaving nothing behind, there's no one to blame, no criminal, gosh,
1: <laughs> no
0: criminal, no crime. You can report a missing person, but not a stolen heart. And I'm missing a person. To whom stealing was an art. Pretty good. So there, that was Harry. We are in love, Harry. Just me and you, baby.
1: (coughs) Uh, I'm leaving now. (laughs) (laughs) we could just get on with it.
0: (laughs) Nine out of ten for me, this one. So this is my highest rating after reading, writing and arithmetic so far. The Sundays scored a big ten. Perfection of an album, but this is this is very good. Brings back a lot of good memories in terms of listening to it, how not particularly much at that time.
1: Do you score on nostalgia? And how much do you score on musicality? Hmm. I reckon it's about six ten. Six five, sorry. Six four even. Let's do something that adds six up four times.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, possibly. Possibly.
1: Um, but you have a bit I, of a nostalgia.
0: Freak. I am absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I guess yeah, some of that mark is for
1: the good times. No, but
0: how I felt about the album at the time is as <clears> much <throat> about how I feel about it now. I mean, I have enjoyed listening to it again. Um, so I was surprised to be honest, because when I when I first put it on, because the first time we kind of listened to it, we put it on the Alexa thing. Mm. But obviously, there's a lot of background stuff going on. And yeah, but when I listen to it, just kind of just on its own merit. It like, uh, <gasps> on
1: your own in the spe- Are you having special? <sighs> <sighs>
0: yeah, on my own without it? Yeah, just me. <laughs> and, yeah. it hit the spot.
1: So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm nine out of ten. Okay. Um. It was alright.
0: What was your favourite song on the album?
1: Uh. I like the standards. Yeah. I quite like that last one.
0: Yeah. Quite dramatic, that last one. I'm surprised you like that, actually. I wouldn't have thought that was one of the kind of more immediate songs. Uh, okay, that's good.
1: <laughs> Am I allowed to stay, then? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just just surprised. Um, I don't know. Would I reach for it? Probably not. Are there songs on there that I would include in my jukebox build? building? Yes, there are. So would I reach for it as an album, though? No, probably wouldn't. Probably go for... I'd probably go for an actual contemporaneous of the standards. Like Because I've got a lot of, like, 50s and mm. 60s stuff. <clears throat> yeah. I'd probably listen to that in preference to...
0: I think it hangs together well as an album though. I think they've they've arranged it quite yeah, well.
1: I think I just it's a bit like who's that guy? Uh Hawley. Richard Hawley. Yeah. Like I don't dislike that kind of retro stroke nostalgic stuff. The crewman stuff, but yeah. would I choose it over the originals? Do you know what I mean?
0: I kinda do, yeah. Um I mean...
1: Occasionally, but probably not all the time,
0: so... That's an interesting comparison, Richard Hawley, because, yeah, he did that album, Cole's Corner, which has got a lot of kind of similar sort of stuff, and I wouldn't have thought of putting them together, really, because, obviously, Richard Hawley, to me, was originally Long pigs, you know, and then, yeah, a very different change of tack, and I did, I, obviously I like his stuff massively, but then he started doing some... So Some of his solo stuff got a bit heavier as well. And I wasn't quite as keen on that. So I do like this kind of music. And obviously it, <clears throat> it helps when the uh, the artist is such a cool guy. It? <laughs> it's a
1: all-around good guy. Good egg.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually... Uh, the, the one thing I didn't mention, because he, he, mm. obviously at the, the, the time when he came out, there was a lot of comparisons with Sinatra. You know... Um, is he the new Sinatra and all this, that and the other. And he actually, there's a story where he, he tells that he, he sang at Sinatra's 75th birthday and there was others there in the audience. And he made a bit of a mess of it, apparently. He wasn't happy with his vocal performance. And Sinatra got in the lift with him and he must have been in a hotel or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so he said, oh, Mr. you know, introduce himself, oh, I'm Mr Sinatra and Harry Connick. Um, I just sang for you. I was one of the singers sorry I messed it up, I really apologise, you know, I'll do better next time if I ever get a chance to sing in front of you again. Apparently he was nervous when he was was singing and apparently Frank Sinatra just kind of totally ignored him, turned to his wife, his wife was at the side of him, said, oh, you're absolutely beautiful, took a face in his hands and kissed her full on the lips and then got out of the lift. And and they were both just like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> someone said to him oh yeah I don't think people get away with that now you know doing that kind of thing with the whole me too movement he was like well even back then it was a bit like what the hell just happened I can't believe you just did that
1: my granddad wouldn't listen to Frank Sinatra right he was just like if if you ever mentioned him or Dean Martin or anyone like that he was just like rawr, 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 mob oh really yeah he probably properly yeah. like was just and he liked that style of music right but he, that whole Rat Pack thing, he was just like... Yeah. He just thought they were all awful, and he just was not happy about the whole thing. Right. Uh, and particularly because there was a bit of, like, a, um, like a revival of all that. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I don't know whether it's raining really hard on the range, on the ra- window behind <laughs> us. sleeping. I'm just thinking there's going to be, like, this weird whooshing background noise. <sighs> Um, but yeah, there was like a bit of a sort of a revival of all that stuff, and the people were covering it, and there was, you know, a lot of re reissues. And yeah, he he was just like, oh no. So interesting. I don't know. I don't know what he'd seen or read or heard at the time, but he was very much like, yeah. they're 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 awful people, and right, and shouldn't be held up to be something that they're very much not
0: not really i uh, not really looked into that side of things I mean we've got that um, I think you bought it for me or did I know, buy it for you that D Martin single the very best of D Martin I mean that's <coughs> superb super, superb songs on there so I've D Martin over Frank because I, I have got a Frank Sinatra album on vinyl but yeah i never really looked into it it was the other one Sammy Davis Jr wasn't it was mm-hmm. there, was three of them was there someone else as well <laughs> I think it was just them three wasn't it maybe
1: Anyway, probably a six, I think. Rick looks wounded. Probably, come on, you can can move it up a little bit. (laughs) He's literally, like, "Hmm," expiring on the sofa (laughs) from the trauma of me marking down Harry Collick Jr.
0: I'm kind of used to it from when you killed the Beatles for some reason. (laughs) You're just weird. (laughs) Okay, so Harry scores uh, 15 overall. I'm not sure where that puts them in the charts, but we'll figure it out next episode. We're back, uh, as I said, it's going to be sometime late March probably, and that will be our 20th episode, and after that one we'll do a, uh, a count back of who scored the most and who's been the most popular episode to listen to. Interestingly, interestingly, um, we just had our first episode to reach 50 listens, which to mega podcasts is nothing, but to us... It's pretty impressive, uh, and that's your mate. The first one, the first proper one we did, soft sell. Your mate. First one's to fifty. So well done, Mark Armand Congratulations on your fifty memorabilia podcast <laughs> listens, sir. Okay, let's get on to nineteen ninety. Okay, final final bit on Harry. I just looked up whether he was on Friends and he wasn't, I don't think. But it looks like he did recreate that scene with uh, Matthew Perry and his wife, so I'm going to have a look at that when we're finished recording. He locked
1: himself in a (laughs) a festival. (laughs) (laughs) On purpose, I think. I mean, it seems a little extreme given that they were married, but okay.
0: Yeah, so the closest connection I could find was that his part in Independence Day was originally uh, given to Matthew Perry. Chandler was supposed to play but dropped out, so I think they were quite pleased to get Harry. It seemed like a bit of a coup, the director was saying. And uh, apparently Harry read the script and quite liked it until he realised that he died on page six. <laughs> <It's a> script? <laughs> script. <laughs> Sorry, darling. Sorry, darling. So, let's get into 1990. Uh, we would have been 18 years old. So, it was the summer, being July, as it is, and um yeah i've i've read through all my old old diaries and pretty much just hanging around waiting for me uh i got me results around this time i did a i made the bad decision of doing a btech national in business studies rather than a levels which made it harder to get into uni but that's a story for another day what about you? So you said you were abroad again. Do like summer 1990? Was this when you were doing your Switzerland camp thing?
1: Yeah. So I was in. Maybe I don't know where I was. Where I was like Lauterbrunnen. Right. Uh, on the. Uh, Is this the
0: one where you listen to Brian Adams a lot? Yeah. You're right. at a camp. Yeah.
1: Campsite. Yeah. Cleaning tents. And, yeah.
0: So would you have got your A-level results?
1: Well, I would have. But my parents decided to go on a caravan holiday over the results week. And um, so I was ringing them, trying to find out what I'd got to see if I'd got into university. And they went not there.
0: <laughs> so you, you, you got the results posted to you? Yeah. yeah? Right, because I actually went to college to get mine out and I might like post it on a board.
1: Well, it was standard for them to post hours because yeah, the school that I went to, um, probably half, probably even maybe even more, um, of the students bust in. Right. Um, because it was in Woodbridge and obviously it's surrounded by lots of really small villages. Yeah. Um, so... So, yeah, my parents had bogged off on holiday. So I ended up having to phone my friend, who then phoned
0: yeah.
1: Leeds University. Yeah. Uh, to find out whether I'd got in. <laughs> you can imagine now, if you tried to do that, they'd be like, we can't tell you that. <laughs> but they, did, they told her that yeah. I'd, that I'd, what I'd got, basically. They gave her my results.
0: <laughs> so, who phoned who for you? Kate, okay. yeah. All right. What did you get?
1: my god! Now you are asking. Um, I'm not sure.
0: What did you even do at A level? I don't even carry not remember. <coughs> I did, did German,
1: French. French, and English. Yeah. Uh, I suspect I got A A B. The B B in French, but I don't actually know. Right. I'd have to go and look. I honestly, I couldn't tell you. <laughs>
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: And General Studies GCSE at the same time that I got an a for.
0: Well done. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> well, let's start with the charts for 1990, uh, July 1990. Uh, singles charts. I only did the top ten. I thought, right, let's stick top ten this time. Because um, I could remember most of these. I don't to really remember that one. 808 featuring MC... Someone other, not MC Hammer, because he's at number nine. No. Oh. <coughs> MC Tunes, would it? The Only Rhyme That Bites. This is the one that was like a... It's like a movie film score. And then he just raps over the top of it. You'd probably remember it if you heard it. Yeah. Of It's Time, I will save that one. Uh, and then you have got the MC Hammer at number nine with the MC Hammer song that everyone knows. And remembers the video with his super baggy pants. You can't touch this down now 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 my 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 <laughs> uh, do you think I got to number one it must have gone it must have gone higher than nine that was a big old tune on it at the time
1: that was people were still singing that and stuff when when I came back right
0: so. <clears throat> when did you get back?.
1: Uh... Late September. Right. Had a week at home, had to pack up my bedroom <laughs> and then went to uni. Right. The first week of October.
0: Oh, holidays were so good back then, weren't they? <laughs> It lasted forever. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean I was working, but okay.
0: <laughs> I worked on Saturday. Right <laughs> I did do a few summer jobs. I can't remember when Dave and I went to work in that bloody steel factory and I squashed my finger. It was just still fat finger now. Um, I mean, people still sing MC Hammer now when everyone says, mm. stop, Hammer time. So he's left his mark, hasn't he, on the old uh, that pop hammer. world. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Number eight was uh, a song called Hold On by Wilson Phillips. Do you remember that one?
1: Nope. And someone was doing it with rock choir, Uh and was, like, saying to people, oh, yeah, you'll know if you hear it, and I'll listen to it, and I was like, well, that one passed me by. But that would kind of explain why, because, obviously, if I wasn't here, then I wouldn't have heard it on the radio and stuff, so... Yeah,
0: it was... That was a song that was kind of played a lot, got a lot of radio airplay. And they were, um... Two of the daughters of Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, and one of the daughters from the Mamas and the Papas. Um... Yeah, good good summer song that one. Uh, Maxi Priest at number seven with "Close to You." And when it first started, I, I watched the video to this. I can't remember it, but when he and I thought, "What the heck? I can't remember this at all." But when he starts in the chorus, because at first when I read it, I thought, "God, is, did he cover the carpenters?" But it's a, no, it's a totally different song. It's his own song. It's quite a good song actually. Is that
1: the one you sent me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never heard of it. I mean the video.
0: Oh my god, his dancing's awful. He's like a proper dad dancer. <laughs> it's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh some of his rappings a bit questionable at the start, but his his vocals are good and it's got quite a it's got a nice chorus. So overall, yeah, not a bad song. And then then you're into probably the greatest song, football song ever written, World in Motion by New Order. Couldn't escape that this summer. So this was nineteen ninety, Italia ninety. What a time to be alive. Probably the greatest World Cup ever.
1: I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I <laughs> did a pretty good job of escaping it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, never, I mean I
1: know it because it was paid mind. subsequently but I didn't know it at the time Yeah, it, it wasn't featuring big in Switzerland
0: yeah I mean there weren't, at that time there wasn't really many uh, football stars doing songs and you had John Barnes doing the rap, the very cool rap and then after that I'm pretty sure it was after that there was a, a song um, by one of my idols Chris Waddle and Glenn Hoddle at the time they were playing for Tottenham
1: Waddle
0: and huddle. Well, they called themselves on the single, it was Glenn and Chris.
1: I can understand why.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, all the footballers, they were Waddle and huddle, but yeah, on on the single, they were Glenn and Chris. Um, Diamond Lights, the song was called. It's not a bad song. It is not a bad song. The vocals are a bit questionable, but it's not a bad song. And apparently, I didn't realise they'd released a, I don't know how I, how I found this out. I was looking into this the other, other week, I don't know why. Uh, they released a second single that just didn't get any airplane, did nothing. But yeah, I am going look one when, when that when that was released. That one and all. but yeah, World in Motion, what a song! What a song! Well done, New Order. I'm not a, a big New Order fan either. Uh, at number five we've got Snap with Oops Up, which I'm guessing was just party fodder song. I don't remember. Oops, that. upside your head. Oh. I'm guessing that's what it is. I don't know, I didn't I didn't listen to it. I just oh, okay. I'm just assuming that's what it is, but I could be wrong my god, he's slacking
1: off on your research. I
0: know, I'd had enough flipping, I would <laughs> had a Harry Love Fest and then I've got to go into Oops by Oops Oop or whatever <laughs> by Snap. You know right, whatever. Uh, Craig McLachlan was at number four and this is the time when we've talked about this before. Soap stars were becoming pop stars. Like there was no tomorrow. There was loads off Neighbors, weren't there? Absolutely bloody loads. As well as Kylie, Jason, him, Stephen Dennis tried to steer at it, didn't he? <laughs> oh, God. I can't, I can't remember what his song was, but it wasn't particularly good. Then there was the, the theme song to Scott and Charlene's Wedding by Angry Anderson. I know we've talked about that before. Then there was Natalie and Brulia and probably hundreds more scenes I kind of stopped watching at that point. But uh, anyway, Mona by Craig McClacken. Bit of an annoying song, that one, really.
1: <clears throat> I know we've heard it on a, one of those yeah. compilation. He plays guitar. He plays guitar. I, I think. not bring it to mind. So.
0: I'll sing it to you. Oh, thanks. You'll get it straight away. <clears throat> it's got that horrible catchy... Ooh, Mona, yeah, Mona. Mona, what you gonna do
1: for me? chingy jing chingy ching ching ching
0: They might not be the right words, by the way. Apologies, Greg. But
1: yeah, because that's what you needed to apologize for.
0: <laughs> but that's pretty much it. That was pretty much the song the whole through. Ooh,
1: Mona. Okay. That's not, not, not racing to mind, as we said.
0: <laughs> Fairy doos. Uh, number three it must have been Love Kit. Roxette. I didn't like Roxette. But that was probably their best song. Remember that one?
1: I, I don't know if I'm thinking of that or a different.
0: It must have been love, but it's
1: over now. I didn't really like that. It's too ballady and whiny for me.
0: Well, I want a fan, but that was their best song. So that was at number three. And then you have the absolutely superb Nessun Doma by Luciano (laughs) Pavarotti at number two. Now, whoever came up with the idea of using that over the credits for the Any World Cup, match that was about to happen I
1: love the way you're you're like oh it's amazing you you don't like opera at all that's not opera that's a football song (laughs) oh god
0: (laughs) cringing oh honestly that just brings back so many like images and memories absolutely brilliant brilliant theatre at it's best football at it's best lovely and then we've got uh Mr. Elton John. Number one, Sacrifice double A side and Healing Hands. I don't remember Healing Hands. I
1: don't remember Sacrifice. And it's no sacrifice. Oh, that
0: one. Okay. <sighs> Not great. But yeah, he was uh, he was popular back then, and if we we can see him on the cover there with his Russian hat on for some reason. So there we go. So that was the, that was the top ten singles. I, not, not too bad, enough to talk about there that, that was interesting at the time. The albums, can't say the same for the albums really. Uh, at number 10, Jason Donovan, Between the Lines. So that must have been after his Too Many Broken Hearts episode. What was that one called? Anyway, it wasn't on that one. So that must have been his sequel. Um, but seriously, number nine, Phil Collins. I'm pretty sure that did get to number one at some point. In fact, it says on here it tells us it wasn't number one. Thirty-two weeks. That was a big album for him. That one. It don't know whether that included in the air tonight. It might have done. Tremendous song. Um, Hot I rocks.
1: Just, I have a difficulty with this in that I wasn't here and I didn't listen to chart music, <laughs> so <laughs> unless I've heard it later on the radio, I'm a bit like I literally
0: don't know any of this stuff. Well, they had a Rolling Stones compilation (laughs) album at 8 called Hot Rocks, 64 to 71 Wilson Phillips by Wilson Phillips, their album was at 7 we've got Soul to Soul Volume 2 in brackets, 1990 A New Decade at number 6 I wasn't a big fan of Soul to Soul I know they were kind of huge for their genre and kind of held up in very high esteem in terms of pushing that kind of music forward and being quite groundbreaking, but it just wasn't my thing. Uh, we've got the another greatest hits compilation at five. This time for the Bangles. Another compilation at number four: Summer Dreams, the Beach Boys, and they had so many compilations. I, I mean, Brother had uh, twenty Golden Greats. I think was their kind of original best of. Number three was Boy Band America, Step by Step by by New Kids on the Block. Again, not for me. Elton John's album Sleeping With The Past at number two. And then we've got Mr Football, The Essential Pavarotti at number one.
1: Football. Oh my God. What? Nothing. That's what he was.
0: Yes. He sang about football, Uh, it was clear. (laughs) What is that song actually about, you know? Uh, Say football. If we don't know, it must have been about football, that's why they chose it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's something. Is it not something about? I'm sure it's something about. It's a love thing about not going to sleep, maybe or something uh-huh. like that. I don't know.
0: Dormir is a the neck. Spanish. Is the Spanish fall to sleep? So it's probably a Latin thing. Yeah, you are probably right, Kate. Your general knowledge strikes gold
1: again. Well done, don't Well, I. you say that, I, mean, I don't actually know if that's true I could have just made it up <laughs> well, That's a good story, let's just stick with that
0: <laughs> which we're going to have to stick to some stories for some of these movies in the top 10 at the time because some of these I cannot remember at all Oh, excuse me uh, So, at number 10 in the UK box office charts was a, a, an 18 certificate film called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down <laughs> Draw Your Own Conclusions I didn't bother looking what it was about. It starred Antonio Banderas and two other actors I'd never heard of and was directed by Pedro Almodovar. So there we go. That's as much as I can tell you about that one. Uh, There was a 15 certificate. Hold on one second.
1: No, let me do this first. Let No One Sleep is an aria from the final act of Turandot.
0: Uh, Let no one sleep. Yes. And in the
1: aria, he expresses his triumphant assurance that he will win the princess. Okay. there you go.
0: So, is it like a Sleeping Beauty type thing, then?
1: Uh, He has to answer three riddles if he wants to uh, marry her. So, he... And when he does answer them, she still doesn't want to marry her him. So he offers her the chance to get out of it by guessing his name before dawn. Uh, and so the cruel princess decrees that none of the subjects shall, shall sleep that night until his name is discovered. There you go.
0: Sounds a bit dramatic, doesn't it?
1: Well, it's an opera, of course. It's
0: dramatic. <laughs> Maybe we should go and see an opera. That sounds quite good fun. Well, I've been to see ballet with you. That's oh, yeah. the next
1: step, isn't it? Is it the next step? I prefer opera to ballet. Do you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I've not I've not experienced it. So.
1: Well, there you go. If day comes on, I'll take you.
0: Cool. Where do they even do? Will it be at somewhere like the Grand? Yeah. yeah. All right, there's a date for the diary. Seeing as you won't, you won't go to see Baby Bird, with really. me. What's that all about?
1: That's... I thought you really liked them. I do, do you want to go and see them? You asked me if I wanted to go and see them instead of going to do rehearsals and I said, no, thank you.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) I just thought you'd really fancy it because you said you'd seen them and you were really impressed. Anyway, back to the movies. Number nine, uh, another film I'd never heard of called Stanley and Iris starring Jane Fonda and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro's got a lot of hair there. He looks quite young, doesn't he? So that was obviously some sort of a love film. But again, pass me by. Uh, number eight, we have a film, another 18th certificate called Revenge. Starring Kevin Costner and Madeleine Stuhl. Now this was directed by Tony Scott. And interestingly, I watched the Tony Scott film this week. What a coincidence. I, watched, I re-watched uh, Enemy of the State starring Will Smith which I quite enjoyed, actually, for a 90s film. Even though the gadgetry was, like, ancient. (laughs) It was quite good. The ending was a bit ridiculous, but hey-ho, that's Hollywood. Uh, Pretty Woman at number six. I think I... I don't know whether I've actually seen the whole film Pretty Woman, and if I did, it was ages ago on telly. Obviously, the very famous film starring Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. If you've never heard of that, you've been living in a hole for... Thirty years, certificate certificate fifteen. You've seen it, have not you? Mm. One of the few films that you've seen from that era. <laughs> yeah. Did you go and see it at the movies? I know you've seen it on so video. I on, yeah, on, <laughs> on telly. On telly, on telly. Number six, a film called Fresh Horses. Now look at that. I'm showing Kate the uh, the movie poster on my. You weren't around, were you? But Molly Ringwald, you were quite into Molly, Molly Ringwald because she was in. Uh, pretty in pink. Pretty in pink, yeah, and
1: must have been on the wane though. At this point, it must have been like a desperation to cling on to the.
0: Still looks pretty young there, and Andrew McCarthy was in that kind of brat pack mm. uh, thing with uh, Rob Lowe and one or two of their mothers. So yeah, the movie tagline is "Love doesn't have to last a lifetime." That sounds thrilling, that doesn't it? Another 15 certificate. But yeah, I never even heard of that one. What was the other film that she was in? The one where the Breakfast Candles Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah, you're a big fan of that. We'll have to watch that. I can't even remember seeing uh, Breakfast Club. I think I did see it, but it didn't kind of stick with me that much. Um, Right, we're up to five. Tremors was the film starring Kevin Bacon. Uh, I think this is the one where there's like them giant... Worms underground. Why
1: is this rendering so badly on your computer? You literally can't even see it because it's just...
0: Because it's huge. Because I copied and pasted it and it pasted oh, it in about okay. 300... Since so you fault then. Oh,
1: yeah. Why don't you just shrink the screen a bit so you can actually see what's going on?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Look at that, you're full of ideas. Uh, you've seen that, Tremors? Probably no. never seen it, have you? I think I have. And then there's a, a a movie adaptation of Lord of the Flies. I, I can't even remember that. At number four. And, um... Obviously, it's one of them books that every kid does at school, I think, pretty much.
1: used to.
0: They're not doing it anymore, no? I thought did Sam they? had done it. I think
1: Sam did, didn't he? Did he? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Very good story. Uh, Joe Versus the Volcano. At number three. This is a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan film. Uh... I'm pretty sure this was before Sleepless in Seattle, which was another Tom Hanks, Meg wasn't it? But I, I don't, I can't remember what the storyline is on that. I don't think I've even seen it actually. But it was guess what quite a big movie it. back in the day. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> number two is Dick Tracy by Warren B, starring Warren Beatty In fact, I think. It's rendered that badly. I think that was the number one movie. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I think Madonna was in this as well, wasn't she? She did the uh, soundtrack to him. And she had a bit of a thing with him at the time. And, uh, But I never saw this. I was never really compelled to see it, even when it came on the telly. So yeah, that must have been... Yeah, that was not number one. So there you go. you There's your top ten. Movies from July, early July, 1990. Uh, So we also normally do like a July news and TV section. Um, But rather than just trolling through the proper news and the proper TV, I'll just delve back into my diary this time. I thought we'd do it a bit different. (laughs) So on the day of release of um, We Are In Love by Harry Connick Jr., I actually went out that day and purchased a Commodore Amiga computer. <laughs> but the story has it, I went into town and spent all morning going around every outlet that sold Commodore Amigas to figure out which was the best deal. None of this logging onto your computer and putting in a price comparison site back then. Uh, so I got it for 369, 99, including four games which included kickoff and Player Manager, which for me were just heaven. Best computer games ever, I still think so. Uh, I also had a flight simulation game, and apparently Deluxe Paint 2 was popular in our house. My mum wanted to go on that. So I'm guessing that was some sort of art drawing, creating thing. I bet if you looked at it now, <laughs> you would think, oh my God. Yeah. How bad was that? Next day, July the 4th, was a World Cup semi-final. England versus, I've put, wet Germany. Unfortunately, they weren't very wet because they beat us 4-3 on penalties. There may have been tears. There was definitely tears there. Uh, I watched the game with Michelle. Apparently my mum and dad went up to uh, watch it with the couple who lived at the what we called the top of the garden. Chris and Dave. Big friends from back in the day. Well, it was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. England played well that day. I know you're not interested in football at all, but this was the game when Gazza cried because he got booked and would miss the final if England made it, but as it was. Chris Waddle and Stuart Pearce missed their penalties. Pearce had his save, Waddle blazed his over the bar. Oh, God. Not deserved as well. We deserved to win that game. We were the better side. Gutting, absolutely gutting. Uh, so yeah, sixth of July. A couple of days later, I went to college with Michelle to get the results. As I said, she was uh, she did rather better than me. She got four distinctions and three merits. I got all merits and one pass. I really was not happy about getting that pass. And apparently, I went back the next day to complain. They investigated, and I got a letter through a week later saying I had been upgraded to a merit. Very
1: good.
0: And I also complained about a merit for me accounts. I thought I was going to get a distinction in accounts. But I had not heard by by the time I stopped reading my diary, so I, I don't know whether I got a distinction in the end or not. But anyway, as it happened, it didn't matter. <laughs> but at the time, I think it feels like your exam results is like everything, in it? Especially when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next and it matters what your results were. No, I can't right,
1: even remember what mine were, and right. I'm thinking, oh my, I might have just got Bs, you know. <laughs> I got like BBC. I honestly, I literally can't remember. Well, I remember it was
0: a big thing for Michelle because mm-hmm. she needed, she needed four distinctions to get on the course she wanted to go on. Uh, she was going to Liverpool, which is where she met Anne. Um, so it was a big thing for her. So, and me, I was still a bit I'm not sure what I was going to do. I don't think it was as important. But. But I wrote in my diary that night, at the moment, I'm very depressed and not happy with life at all. (laughs) Yeah, England going out of the World Cup and not doing as well as my exams as I thought I would. There we go. Uh, On the 7th, which was the Saturday, I worked at GT News. This was when um, I got a job there, because Ringo worked there, and um, it was like one of these news agents, big news agents that had record stores and sports section and all that kind of stuff. But I absolutely hated working there. absolutely hated it. We did the stock take the next day, and I think it was because I just didn't like taking orders off people that I just thought were stupid. Was that was a that was long and short of it. Uh, another momentous occasion... Tenth of July, I went to try and get some tracksuit bottoms, but I could never get any to fit. They were all too short.
1: Some things never change.
0: Yeah. No, but it's easy now, isn't it? I mean, there's there's places there's places where you can get it now. The internet. I used to have to go. I mean, when I first went to America, that was the only place. That was the first time I'd been shopping. and could get trousers that were long enough for my incredibly long legs. But now it's fine. It's easy. Uh, and there was a shop on the in the market that my mum used to take me to. God, it was so embarrassing trying to get trousers to fit. But they did actually have some jeans that I could get, so I went and got another pair for a tenner. And then this next bit made me laugh. On the 13th, I posted my bank book to the bank so they could calculate my interest on my savings for 1989. (laughs) That's hilarious. How archaic is that?
1: That's so funny. I've just looked at my CV and it just says A-levels, German, French, English... (laughs) You
0: didn't even bother to say. <laughs> oh my god. D's, <laughs> D's. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, you wouldn't have got D's. You're know, far too clever for that. <clears throat> and uh, you thought that was funny. This next thing, same day, there was almost a divorce in our house. <laughs> my dad came home from work, <laughs> and my mum had signed him up, right, for this. Uh, She'd nominated him to go on a beano. Mm around the World Student Games venues. Because, like, in 1991, Sheffield City Council had won the bid to host the World Student Games. So this was, like, a a massive thing for the city. Um, And hopefully we'll cover some 91 albums and we'll talk about it a bit more. But it it was a huge thing. I did my work experience at the offices that were organising the World Student Games early on. But it was a, a thing on Radio Sheffield so my dad gets home from work and finds out he's going to be on the radio the next day and he knew nothing about it. He went absolutely mad. Well, what's a B-note? From, what, from, the from what I remember, from what I remember, he had to go on this bus. It was like on a bus journey around all these kind of... the venues that were going to be, that were still being built and, you know, all the places where they were going to have the opening ceremony yeah. and the receptions and all this, that and the other and I think there was only three or four of them that got on this bus with a Radio Sheffield presenter, and they had to talk about their time in the city, because some of it was, like, not far from where my dad grew up in Darnall. But he wasn't happy, and he threatened not to go. You know, I can remember there was, like, proper... (laughs) But, I mean, I was at work the next day, so I didn't even get to hear him, but I think he did actually enjoy it when he was there. My mum said he was brilliant, he did really well, so... <laughs> you can I, imagine, can't you? So like your mum though <laughs> yeah.
1: to volunteer your dad and then not tell it <laughs> and then because she wouldn't have gone.
0: <laughs> I can see why she did it because it was like he was into his sport. It was like oh. near where he was growing. It was regeneration of the the city, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, to, to nominate him while he was at work and him not having any knowledge
1: of it. <laughs> <coughs> I, can, I can't. Get it so, like, you'd absolutely be mad about it, but then enjoy it anyway. Yeah.
0: But I can. I can remember the tension. I can remember that tension in the house. That day. Oh. Yeah, and then in terms of the telly, I mean, just looking at my diary, it was just a diet of neighbours and Brookside, pretty much. I was playing a lot of sport <gasps> at the time.
1: Did you see the news today? They're going to pull neighbours off UK TV. <laughs> oh! I mean, I've not watched it for that. I was just about years. to say, there's
0: all this outcry, no-one watches it, no-one are pulling it off.
1: <laughs> so it's funny that people were like, oh, my God, and I am just like, I don't even know anyone that watches it. I don't even know if my mum watches it still.
0: <laughs> no, true enough. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, I got one more entry for the 14th, which was the day my dad had done his radio thing. So I was at work, and I put same old boring things to do at work. And then, apparently... Dave and I went down to the video shop that night and rented the movie Big, which was Tom Hanks, which I absolutely loved. 59p. <laughs> Money well spent. So there we are. That's my summer 1990, first two weeks in July.
1: The only thing I can remember of that week yeah. is obviously running around trying to get my results yeah, and then finally getting them. And then ringing my boyfriend, who couldn't have been less interested, and then getting really drunk. (laughs)
0: When you were still in Switzerland? Yeah. Where was he then? In England. Okay. Very good. Um, So, yeah, all we've got to do to finish is what I'm going to pick next as your album and our singles of the week. Right, Kate, what are you going for for your single of the week, please?
1: I am going for Soul Sister with The Way To Your Heart.
0: Not the song Soul Sister. Hey, Soul Sister by Train. No. This is from 1989? Yes. How did you find this single that was on special offer for 99p? Had you heard it on the radio?
1: It was from 1988 and it was massive in Germany in 1988.
0: Right, okay.
1: So, um it wasn't out over here.
0: Yeah.
1: And then maybe it was eighty nine. When was I in Germany? I think I was in Germany in in spring. I was in spring eighty nine. Right. So it was massive in spring eighty nine. Um and then when I came home, uh it hadn't but I didn't think it been released and then yeah. it was released. Right. And then I found it.
0: Fair enough. Just watched half the video on YouTube. hmm Good vocals?
1: It's just one of those, isn't it? It's of its time. We yeah. Were all, we were all listening to <clears throat> it, and we were... The verse is not bad. We went on a school trip to Denmark, um, and someone had the... I was at the wrong school. <laughs> a school trip to Denmark? Look, I was in Germany at school, so oh. I went to Denmark. <laughs> I <It's> like... <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and... and um, the girl
0: that had the tape recorder had that tape. So, we listened to it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Chorus is a bit stocky and a walk Okay, we'll, uh, we'll put the link to the YouTube video on our uh, episode notes. And um, I'm going for a bit of an earworm I've had for the last week. Uh, this,
1: I think you should go for Soul Sister by Train. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that song.
0: Maybe another time. <laughs> it is a good song. Um, I, no, I'm actually going to go for Thumbs Up. By The Howl and The home, which they released at the back end of last year, uh, October time, I think. But they've just kind of released a new video to it. Have you? Seen, I don't know if you've seen the video. I
1: have not even listened to it, and I keep meaning to oh, get it.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing. It's real. It's like it's one of the slower ballad ones, but it just kind of gets you. It's, uh, I've just been reading up on it. Apparently it's about um, how crap men are at speaking about how they're feeling to other men and stuff. Um, so but yeah it's really good beautiful song so again I'll put the link to that that new video that they've done Um, it's similar to did you ever watch the video that they did to the um, last boy racer on the island
1: the Uh, only boy racer on the island
0: ages ago yeah it's a similar vein to that It's, uh, it's somehow it doesn't quite match the song but it's still quite moving it's a bit weird, really, but but the song itself is amazing. So, um, so I'll do that. And the the next episode when we're back late March is going to be um one of your LPs, going back to nineteen eighty nine. This is the third time we'll visit nineteen eighty nine, but we've done, um, April and May, which were Stone Roses and the Cure disintegration, and then we're, we're, this time we're going to Mind Bomb, by the the which uh, I'm sure we'll get into the name
1: of that band. So what month was that release then?
0: Oh, sorry, that was uh, July as well. Oh, OK. So we're going back exactly one year from where we've just been now. So that'll be then. So thank you ever so much for listening. We really, honestly, we really do appreciate anybody that uh, spends time listening to what we're Chatting rubbish about, basically. That was another
1: summer where I just worked. Was it?
0: <laughs> Not ideal, but a lot of your albums, there's a few more of your albums that I want to cover, and they're all 1990s, so we might have to go to areas that we don't want to go to. Well, I'm probably going to have to pick... Uh, um, bad Manners are probably gonna cover bad manners because that was like 81. But one of our worst received episodes or at least listened to is madness. So I'm a bit reticent to do that. I, I can't uh, why do not people not want to know about madness? They're massive.
1: I mean, stop trying to manipulate the figures. Just no, I'm not manipulating, but I wanna do
0: I wanna do stuff that people will be interested in. It's not but a matter of care. manipulating. People have no taste. <laughs> And on that note, (laughs) we'll see you in a month or so. Um, You can leave us reviews now on Spotify. So if you um, if you wouldn't mind doing that, we'd really appreciate that. And you can do it on Apple. You've always been able to do it on Apple. Uh, You can follow us on um, Twitter. It's Memorabilia Pod, and on Facebook we are at Memorabilia Podcast. And our email is uh, memorabiliapodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, until. Did you have an
1: email,
0: to. Of course not. So, until. <laughs>
1: I might send you one, I might create a new email address. <laughs> well, just to and check send it's you working. You no, just to, just to like, make you feel good.
0: Is that my birthday present? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the time you uh, we're we'll with you next time, we'll both be 50. So, if you want to come to the party, send us an email. You can get in. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, thank you ever so much. And. Um, I wish it was as big
1: a deal as Rick thinks it
0: is. (laughs) Look forward to uh, getting your ears again on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.